Don't let an ugly Thursday night football game keep you from celebrating your victory Friday with a great performance from your Chicago Bears defense. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. On the show today, we recap a Bears victory over the Carolina Panthers. We start with the defense shutting down everything Bryce Young was trying to do, the running game, the receivers in general, holding them down. Even though it was close at the end, the defense certainly wasn't giving up points in this game. No touchdowns allowed by your Bears defense. Then we'll turn our attention to the offense that ran the ball well and took care of the ball when they needed to, but some shaky moments there, here and there from Tyson Bajan, but ultimately getting the job done. And we'll wrap up by looking at the Bears special teams. Not something we talk about a ton in the podcast, but allowing a punt return touchdown, some mediocre punting from Trenton Gill, but also the field goal unit really being lock solid with Cairo Santos and something that has just become so reliable for the Bears that we almost take it for granted. But the story of this Bears victory was this defense, not giving up a single touchdown to the Carolina Panthers. And yeah, you can say right away, oh, well, the Panthers are no good. The the Panthers offense isn't that great, but like they're scoring touchdowns offensively in every game this season, right? They're not getting totally shut out by every defense. Like, sure, they're not lighting up anybody, and we should expect the Chicago Bears defense to be able to get some kind of something on them. But, like, they have not had a game this season without a touchdown scored by their team. Like, they they have not been held to single-digit points in any game, and Bryce Young and the offense have scored a touchdown in every single game. This is the only game this season where they had to rely on special teams in order to get that touchdown ultimately scored. I believe they may have had a defensive touchdown in a game earlier in a season, a 99-yard pick six from Sam Franklin. But, like, other than that, defenses aren't totally shutting them out. They're holding them down, but not shutting them out of the end zone the way the Bears did in this game, holding them to just, what, 13 overall points in this game and making sure that even as they started to sniff around and come back a little bit late, like, they held firm and made sure that this this Panthers offense— couldn't get into a decent field goal, and for some reason they chose the 59-yard field goal at the end that we've seen Eddie Pinero maybe doesn't quite have that kind of leg. But like across the board, you got the Bears' pass rush going. They sacked Bryce Young three times in this game. I think the stat sheet had them with nine quarterback hits in addition to those three stats. Those are the NFL's stats, which isn't always the most accurate. I'm curious, curious to see how PFF grades that out tomorrow and the pressures, you know, I think Montez Sweat was credited with three quarterback hits in this game, and I think Next Gen Stats had him with eight total pressures, but I'm curious what those numbers end up looking like when PFF goes back through it on the All-22 film. But three sacks, nine quarterback hits, six tackles for losses, 
in this game, they, as we expected, they shut down the Panthers running game. Saw that one coming a mile away. But to get some pressure on Bryce Young, that was something we talked about both on our Crossover Thursday podcast with Julian Council, but also on Wednesday, our Game Plan for Victory podcast. Bryce Young holds on the ball a little long, kind of like Justin Fields sometimes. And there were a couple of times like he stepped up into pressure and into the sack instead of away from it and gave the Bears pass rush some opportunities to really build some confidence and get home here. Like sweat was disruptive and he created better pass rushing situations for everybody else. Like that's what the formula is supposed to look like when you traded for this guy and gave him a big contract extension to the deadline coverage and coverage wise on the back end, like outside of the one Jaquan Brisker getting burned on the sideline by a nobody wide receiver. And then he followed that up by making some really nice plays after that. And certainly underneath like this, the secondary shut down a lot of what the Panthers wanted to do. I think Adam Thielen had like six yards receiving in the first half on just a couple of catches. They really had him wrapped up. I mean, he finished the game leading a team with 42 yards on six catches, but that's not exactly scaring you as a great number one receiver performance from them. I guess technically Strachan on that 45 yard catch was their leading receiver in terms of yards. But regardless, Bryce Young had 185 yards passing in this game and a 68 passer rating. They kept throwing it short. The Bears kept stepping up and making the tackles. And like, that's what this scheme is supposed to do. When the players can actually tackle well, as they've been doing this game and the last game, it, it kind of works, you know, against quarterbacks like this in this kind of situation. Shut down the run, make them check it down, step up and make the play. And, you know, let them make mistakes with with bad running plays and with penalties and, and potentially turnovers. The Bears dropped a couple of interceptions in this game. That's really the only thing this defense was missing to make it an A++ defensive performance. It was already an A defensive performance, but, you know, Jack Sanborn holds on to that late interception that's right in his hands. Great call coverage-wise by Matt Eberflus there. Tyreek Stevenson had a slant route pass that was inaccurate and went right through his hands that he could have picked off in this game. Like, there were moments there where you could have had maybe even a pick six. Kyler Gordon almost jumped on a screen, too. Like, they were right there. And that's where you where you feel confident about this Bears defense. Like, not just stopping the run and forcing incompletions, but, like, being all over everything and being there to make sure that this Panthers offense could get nothing but field goals consistently through the course of this game. Hopefully that can provide some confidence for them, especially pass rush wise going into next week against the Detroit lions, where the challenge is going to get a little bit stiffer against a much better Detroit lions team than a Carolina Panthers team that you face this week. But Hey man, a win's a win. And you can't, you can't let anybody put asterisks on this or put qualifiers on this. This is a bears victory. And especially on a Thursday night when football games, not that great. Imagine having a loss in addition to how much ugly football we saw. Like I, I tuned into Locked On Panthers this morning and Julian went live after the game and man, we're firing everybody in Carolina. They're firing the GM, they're firing the head coach, they're cleaning house after one, eight games in one season in Carolina. So like sky is falling in Carolina and we can enjoy our Friday with at the very least like a nice little extra smile on your face, if not like a full-on celebrating victory Friday for you. So enjoy this. We haven't had, we haven't had a chance to enjoy this and ultimately like football and Watching football games and cheering on a team is about having fun and enjoying it. So make sure you make some time to absolutely enjoy a strong defensive performance. The offense had to do their part too. They didn't have to do a lot. They just had to do the bare minimum. And they certainly did that by not turning it over, by running the ball effectively, taking what the defense gave them. We'll go through what we saw from tough running with Dante Foreman and some Rocky moments from Tyson Bajant, not like Rocky Balboa, but iffy moments from from Tyson Bajant and uh, getting the job done, though, nonetheless, but kind of reminding us why he's the backup and Justin Fields will still be the starter. That's next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast 
is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks, the better way to do daily fantasy sports. Prize Picks sets projections for every player. You pick two to six players and whether they'll perform better or worse than their Prize Picks projection, and you can win up to 25 times your money. I played Prize Picks for this Bears Panthers game. They had a projection for both Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard separately. It was 18 and a half rushing yards on their first five carries. I said that Foreman would go over 18 and a half on his first five carries. Hubbard would go under 18 and a half on his first five carries. And Foreman blew that out of the water with like 20 something. And, and Hubbard came right up to 18 and certainly gave me a scare at the end. But my prize picks came through. You put your football knowledge to the test and you can win up to 25 times your money with prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use our promo code lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. It's an extra hundred bucks for you to play with at prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Price picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Locked on Bears is also brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical, maker of the Jace case. And Jace Medical is here to help sure, make sure that you're prepared with all of your medication needs in case of an emergency. They have a long list of daily medications that you can order in a one-year supply so you're always prepared. They even have ED medications, generics for Cialis and Vi Viagra as well. If you go online right now at jacemedical.com, you can receive a 12-month supply on your daily medication and use our promo code Locked On at checkout to save $20 on your purchase. Looking over some of the reviews at Jace, they got a verified customer review that said, quote, I'm thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to have to cut pills in half to extend how long they lasted. They ordered most of their daily meds with a year supply and also ordered an antibiotic kit and helped this customer feel secure. And they played, they paid prices that are lower than their local pharmacy. So if you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medication, go to Jace Medical. Com. That's J-A-S-E-Medical.com. And remember to use our promo code Locked On for $20 off your purchase. This Bears defense absolutely led the way and made it so that the Bears offense didn't have to be the heroes. You know, Tyson Bajit didn't have to throw this team back into the game or lead this team on big scoring drives. All you got to do, take care of the ball, control the clock, take what the defense gives you. And you know what? In a game like this, settle for field goals. Like we don't want to see that. We want to see touchdowns. We want to see more explosive, exciting, better offense. But at the end of the day, the goal is to win the game and to score at least one more point than your opponent. And that's what the Bears did in this game. And it wasn't pretty, certainly not offensively, but they got the job done. And like when you have a backup quarterback, who again, if, if you didn't hear it a thousand times in this broadcast and in the Chargers broadcast a couple weeks ago, Division II undrafted quarterback, you know, all the, the storylines, et cetera, et cetera. Like this should be like, this is, you know, ex, this is meeting expectations, right? It's not exceeding expectations, but this is a passing grade offensive performance. It's a C, maybe a C plus. I don't know how they do passing grades. I don't think D's are, are D's still, I don't think D's are passing grades anymore. C's, de, C's get degrees though. And the Bears got their, Degree, I guess. Not not exactly a degree, but they didn't have to drop out. How about that? Of <laughs> this Bears Panthers game. Like, you know, Foreman didn't break away for 150 rushing yards. He didn't even actually hit about he didn't even quite hit four yards of carry. He was at 3.8, but like he got injured during this game, came back, kept running tough, finished with 80 yards on 21 carries, got the touchdown against his former team. He was running hard. Roshan Johnson had a few decent carries in there. Tyler Scott had a nice end around in there. 
and Dante uh, Darrington Evans didn't really do a ton there, but like it got the job done. They controlled the clock. They moved the chains in some key down and distance situations. And sometimes it's the one yard QB sneak by Cole Komet. But like, that's again, all you need. It's not about how many yards can you run for and how many yards can you pass for yards only matter. Like yards don't matter if you win, you know what I mean? Like yards only matter in so far as how they get you to a win. Like if you have low, low yards and lose, then that's a problem. But if you have low yards and win, not a problem. You won the game. Like DJ Moore still got his 50, 60 yards. Cole Komet got his handful of catches for about 50 yards, a little quieter from Mooney today and then everybody else. But again, they didn't need a hundred, 200 yard game from DJ Moore to go beat this Panthers team. Like your defense can hold the fort for you. Like play the field position game a little bit here. Trust that Bryce Young is going to make some mistakes and put your offense in good field position situations and take the field goals, right? If the bears were going three and out every drive, you're going to be in some trouble here. Like it wasn't like they were doing nothing though. Like they were getting in the field goal range, letting Cairo Santos take care of it. And that ultimately is, is what gets the job done here. I do think Tyson Bajant got away with a few in this game to where, you know, as much as we talk about the Bears defense dropped a couple interceptions. I don't know if the Panthers were quite dropped interceptions, but there were a couple throws there that could have been picked off. You know, what what PFF might consider turnover worthy throws. There was one in the first quarter that looked a lot like the interception he threw last week to Cole Komet, where he didn't misread the coverage and cover two and thought he could fire it in there and couldn't. Got away with one there. There were a couple of deep throws in this game that were just like, double coverage, throwing it downfield for the heck of it. And I don't really understand the rhyme or reason there other than to just like stretch the defense. But there was like, a, it was like third and five and you're taking the 20 yard or the 40 yard shot downfield in the double coverage. And like, there's just moments like that with Bajant where you still, you're like you're reminded that he's a division two undrafted free agent and like on a backup quarterback trajectory, not a Kurt Warner trajectory and that's okay like that's the other thing here is like we can be critical of Tyson Bajant like constructively critical of Tyson Bajant not trashing Tyson Bajant but criticize him for his mistakes and also be like happy with what he's able to do like the fact that he's even able to do this he won the game right like your backup quarterback came in and won the game that's all you can ask of him even with maybe a couple of interceptable passes that were a little bit off target here and there. He also made some really nice throws. Like we still see him make, you know, a key third down play in, in, at the very end of the game on third down, right? To convert the first down and run out the clock. But there were a couple of nice throws over the middle to Tyler Scott, where he got lit up on a couple of those. And sometimes it's doing the simple things, right? The Bears ran a lot of RPOs that turned into screen passes where quarterback has to read, okay, am I handing this off or am I throwing it? And those screens were going for 10, 11, 12 yards every time, right? It was, like he's... He's making the right decisions, albeit on simple plays, but that's just, that's all you need your backup quarterback to do is like, all right, we're going to throw the screen to DJ Moore and he's going to get you 16. And it's not like it's a dime from the quarterback, but like that's your offense. All you need is get it in the hands of your playmaker and let him make the play. Like sometimes it's as simple as that in a game like this, like this offensive performance from Bajant isn't going to beat the Kansas city chiefs in week three or whenever that game was like, sure. But it's a, there's different measuring sticks here, right? And I think Bajant was able to get the job done effectively with with some warts and some concerns. I mean, his longest pass in this game was was 16 yards. It was take what the defense gives you, check it down. That's okay in a game like this. You don't want to try and do too much when you don't need to. Sure, when you need to, you, you might need to do more. And that's a separate 
sort of a separate concern in a separate situation. We saw some of that at the end against the Saints last week. But like a backup quarterback, you need him to come in and win games like this that should be winnable against bad teams. And I, and I feel like we, having followed this Bears team, have seen over the years bad backup quarterbacks. that They come in the game and you're just like, oh, well, this game's over. Like we're screwed. We're not going to see, you know, when your starting quarterback is hurt, you got nothing. Even against the worst teams, you say, all right, waving the white flag, we're out of here. Bajan gives you more than that. Like he's a plus backup quarterback. He's not a starting caliber quarterback, but he's a plus backup quarterback who can win you games against bad teams and keep you in games against mediocre teams and lose to good teams. Cause that's what, I mean, he's a backup quarterback and, and there's still a lot to like about him, especially when you can run the ball and get some of the things going offensively that the bears did this game. It's enough when your defense plays this well. And it was enough to overcome special teams mistakes by the punt coverage team, giving up a touchdown. And also I thought, Another mediocre subpar game from Trenton Gill, but of course the field goal unit really coming through here. Let's let's check in on this Bears special teams unit because we really haven't done that much this season, and they had, I think, an outsized impact on this game. Next on Locked On Bears, this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp provides therapy in an online format that makes it super easy to get started, especially. This time of year, after daylight savings time, you know, the sun sets super early. A lot of people have even minor seasonal affective disorder where you just, you're not as happy in the winter when the sun goes down early. You get less sunlight. It's not as good for us. And it's just sometimes harder to get through your day or harder to get through your week. And BetterHelp is here to help make things easier on you and help you be your best self. I'm somebody who does online therapy just like this every single week. It's a really important part of my mental health regimen. And I always like to say, I don't go to therapy because my brain's broken, but I go to the therapy because it's, I want my brain to be its best. Just like I go to the gym because I want my body to be its best, not because my body is broken. That's what BetterHelp is all about, being your best self. So if you've been thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. You literally just fill out a brief questionnaire. They'll match you with a licensed therapist. And you know what? If you don't like your first one, that's fine. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. The Chicago Bears special teams could have used some better help in some aspects against the Panthers, but obviously wasn't enough to keep them from getting a victory, but it's still something we should keep an eye on here because it's not like the Panthers came in with a dynamic return game. Again, if you listen to Julian Council on today's Locked On Panthers podcast, like they were ready to bench Emir Smith-Marset. They as in Panthers fans. I don't know about the coaches or whatever, but like Emir Smith-Marset had not done anything of value for them in the punt return game this season. Like Panthers fans, when he was back there, they were hoping he would fair catch it pretty much every time just to make sure that they got the ball, right? So to give up, was it a 73 yard? I don't have the yardage in front of me, but a long punt return touchdown by Amir Smith-Marset, 79 yard punt return touchdown. A little concerning, right? Not, not great. Josh Blackwell misses the initial tackle there, but there were still 10 other guys in the field who needed to tackle him too. Like that's not all on Josh Blackwell, but it starts with him. I think Matt Eberflus said after the game, they had guys who ended up kind of like stacking each other defensively when they're running down, like they get too bunched up and then it's easy to block them both out and they're not spreading out wide enough to tackle where the punt returner is coming and they took bad angles and it's it's a whole mess. And sure, there's a, there's the Amir Smith-Marset 
revenge motivation factor. And maybe it's kind of a little bit of a fluky thing there, but at the same time, you got to be ready and, and you're going to face punt returners and punt return units that are a lot better than this one in future games this season. So you got to clean it up now in a game when you got away with it in a future game where the margin of error might be smaller. So that if you give up a punt return touchdown, you're screwed because you, your defense and your offense can't keep overcoming extra points coming for the other team on special teams. That's what the, we keep seeing mediocre to below average punting from Trenton Gill a lot this season. Averaged, what, 46.7 punting yards, 30 net because of the return there. He did have one long of 62. Like, he had a bomb in there, and he put a few inside the 20. He had, had a touchback in there, too. But I just think sometimes we're not good as a football-viewing public of measuring punters very well because, like, the yards per punt metric, you know, just an average number, how, how long is it punted? That tells us something, but not everything. And I, I think sometimes we, we just look at that number and say, okay, he ranks blank. You know, he ranks wherever 17th or 20th or whatever in yards per punt average. So therefore he's the 20th best punter. And it's not, it's not that simple. Like the way, it, the, and there's not like a simple formula to evaluate punting either, but the way you got to think about it is like, it's a combination of distance and hang time with where you are on the field. You know, when he's punting from midfield, he's not going to get maximum distance on the punt because maximum distance would put him in the end zone for a touchback. So there are punts when he's not trying to get to kick it as far as he can, but he is trying to kick it almost as high as he can. Right? He's trying to put it in a certain spot. And it's this double-edged sword with hang time and distance, you know, vertical and horizontal here, where if you kick it really far, but with a low hang time, that gives the return man then more space to return it because your coverage team hang time is the time your coverage team needs to get down there to tackle the returner and not let the returner get a head start before the coverage team gets there. So even a, a super deep punt, if it's flat with low hang time, the return man is going to automatically, because he's going to get those free yards before the coverage team gets there, it reduces the overall distance on your punt anyway. But vice versa, you know, if you do a really high punt, then your coverage team will have plenty of time to get down there, but it might not have as much distance. And so you really want to maximize both and you want a certain amount of hang time for a certain amount of distance so that your team, so it's deep, but also so your team still has enough time to get down there. And it's hard to really do it high and far. So you kind of got to get it up, um, in the middle ground where it's a good distance, but not too far and a good height, but maybe not too high so that you're not you're short or you're not low. And that's where it becomes a lot more complicated to say, okay, there's not really one stat that captures that then for punters. And, and so it becomes a little bit of a harder evaluation there. But unfortunately, like you look at average hang time and Trenton Gill's on the lower side and you look at average punt distance and he's also on the lower side. So it doesn't seem like you're really getting a lot of one or the other. He does have some decent placement inside the 20, but that only happens in certain punting situations and you need a more well-rounded punting situation. So, you know, he's still young and I think Trenton Gill as a punter is not set in stone yet. He can still get better. I guess he could still get worse. Like he's still developing as a punter, but certainly feels like at the very least should see a little more competition for him next year in training camp. We didn't really have any this year, but punting is not what's killing this Bears team, but it's something to keep an eye on here as the field position battle is all that more important in a game like this where it's low scoring and it's back and forth and you don't want the Panthers starting in Bears territory. Although when they did, they got back-to-back -back penalties and had first and 30, but then they still scored on that drive. Like, you know, it was one of the few drives that they were able to get some points on after all. So it's just 
it, it's kind of a weird situation with the Bears special teams. And, and yet somehow the one thing we can rely on all of a sudden is the kicker. And not all of a sudden, because Santos has been great for a couple of seasons now. But but ever since Robbie Gold, right, we haven't been able to rely on a kicker that we watch on Sundays consistently. You know, the kicker Carousel for a while there. Eddie Pinero, right, was in this game, was part of that, part of that. But like now Santos is just like automatic, man. Like no one's worried when Santos goes back there to take a kick. We don't want him taking a 59-yarder like Pinero did at the end of that game. But you get Santos anywhere under 50, and it's automatic. And even in the low 50s, I still feel pretty confident that you can you can win that field goal battle with immense trust in your kicker. I think he had one tipped and blocked earlier this season. But, like, for the most part, he's been really lock solid and, and got over whatever extra point issues he was running into towards the end of la- or in the middle of last season. So you're feeling pretty good about that. And, you know, return games, if we're talking special teams, very uninspiring. But, like... Trent Trenton uh, Trent Taylor does fair catch it now and seems to be making smarter decisions about when to return it, but hasn't really had any of those big returns. And Tyler Scott has been a little bit underwhelming as a kick return guy. Valus Jones obviously not playing in this game, and hopefully that trend continues. But you know, it wasn't necessarily lighting it up either. So return game is ineffective, but not causing problems. And at this point, like I'll take it. <laughs> Good enough, sure. I'll I'll take that. Let let. Don't, don't make it a problem, and, and I, I can live with it not being an extra bonus for your team. So you kind of got the full gamut of the Bears roster today in our post game, right? Defense playing well. Offense doing just enough. Special teams hitting their field goals, but causing some trouble elsewhere that wasn't enough to derail the team. So that's a victory. That's a Thursday night victory against a bad Panthers team that we can still celebrate and enjoy our victory Friday here on the Locked On Bears podcast we got a long week before the next game against the Detroit Lions, but we're not going anywhere. We're here for you five days a week with daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Next week, I want to talk about Darnell Mooney's contract situation and the wide receiver position for the Bears. They haven't extended Mooney yet. I suppose they still could, but you know the draft and Marvin Harrison Jr. complicate that situation a little bit. Do you pay Mooney and more and draft a wide receiver early next year? There's some... Some dynamics there. We'll see what kind of happens with Mooney. He's kind of in a weird contract spot, and it's going to be an interesting conversation to get into there. I also want to talk to talk about maybe some of the veterans that have been struggling on this team and maybe playing some of the younger players a little bit more. A lot more to get your way before we start previewing Bears-Lions next week as well. So keep tuning in each and every day. Make us your first listen every single day because that way you can start off every single day with your next opportunity to bear down. <laughs>